wrestling, from the arm wrestling community, if you're seeing this on a share um, and you are not subscribed to John's channel, Serious and Silliness, you need to do so ASAP because we are talking about a platform that is not geared directly towards arm wrestling, but rather a, a bunch of other cool stuff bodybuilding, powerlifting being the primary niche and a lot of other guy related stuff. Uh, he's found our sport and he has really, really gone out of his way to not just get involved in our sport and promote it, but he's also doing uh, a great job with promoting a, a, a women's arm wrestling as well, which I think is extremely commendable. So if you're watching this podcast and you watched it to the end, please hit like and subscribe. We got to support the people who are supporting us from the outside. Thank you very much, man. I really appreciate that, man. It means a lot to me. Seriously. Uh, it means, a lot. It means a the world to me. me that podcasts like you and the time that you're spending um, to get involved in our niche sport, that you're taking the time to do that because, and the reality is it's pe people like these podcasts are not, this is work for them. They have to schedule it. They have to record it. They have to edit it. They have to make <laughs> thumbnails. This is work, and anytime somebody's doing work for the arm wrestling community, we need to pay it for it. Uh, yeah, you, you, you look fucking jacked. Have you been uh, oh, training yeah, heavy? I'm trying to get heavy against the full run. I'm tired of pulling these heavy guys. Next well, next match in Turkey at 100 kilograms, so I get back get back to the beach body. Who you um <laughs> who you uh pulling in Turkey? Uh, David Samushia, who's 2019 world champion, 87 kilos. Wow. Okay. All right. You got your work cut out for you there. Yeah, that's going to be – well, I mean, it's a legitimizing match. Like, you know, people can look at Ron and say he's 60 years old, right. you know, right. and I and I get it. But this is a current young 20-something Georgian uh, who is a monster from Europe. So, wow. Yeah, those guys, man, when it comes to uh, the power sports, they just take over. I mean, yeah, Georgia, whether it's strongman or it's powerlifting or – did you ever see the guy – I don't know if it's legit or not. You see the guy from – I think he's from the Ukraine. No, no, no. He's from Iran. He's from Iran. I know it's uh, it's different. I know it's the Middle East, but even the Middle Eastern guys are just monsters. And uh, in the gym, they have this footage of him benching raw over 800. I don't know how legit it is, but the man looks, looks like a monster. He I looks, believe it. you know, anyway. So you uh, last weekend or the weekend before you uh, you pulled Ron Bath, right? I did. Yeah. Yeah. Two weekends ago, two weekends ago. And yep. uh, you won. I did. Bless the bless the sneak that one out. Yeah, no, um, uh, from what I understand, it was pretty one-sided, though. Am I accurate? I, I, the round one went to Ron. Um, I, 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 I had several approaches on how I was going to, you know, deal with the match. And, and one of them is I know his wrist flexion is super powerful. So the idea, keep his wrist flat, you know, stay with more of an outside move, top roll style, game control in the strap, keep his wrist flat. If I can keep his wrist flat, add side pressure. That didn't go well, <laughs> but right. I was able I was able to stop the match still when I had no hand control at all. Mm -hmm. Stopped it at the bottom. And, you know, commentators at that point said I was going to get swept. Um, I think State Kings had me at with this with the, uh, the shutout, the shutout stakes. I, if I if I won one match, anyone who bet on me won their their, their total bet. So, oh, um man. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I shifted approaches and, and, uh, the one thing I, I trained with Ron in the past in Maryland mm -hmm. and we had, we'd done a good, a bit of strap work and stuff, but we never went inside in a hook, um, that day at all. So I've been really working on that. And that was kind of where I felt the most comfortable against John. I just didn't have enough downward pinning pressure 
to be able to pin and, and kind of take over John's pronations. Pronation was too much. Mm-hmm. So in my camp of preparation with Storm Chilino and Dave Bronco and all the guys I'm blessed to work with, um, that pinning pressure was, was a, a big point as well as holding pressure here. So a lot of arm work, but even more downward rotation. Mm. And, I, and I do think that that was kind of the difference maker in the match. Okay. And then how did it go? Was it, it was, you swept after the first one? Yeah. After the first, after the first one, um, I, I tried to keep my hand a little bit in the first one, but I kind of felt I hadn't, I didn't have enough control. I had enough control to hold the match there, but holding the match there wasn't going to give me a pin. Mm-hmm. So I kind of laid that one down and readjusted my setup for a little bit more depth in the hand. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that point I was able to get stops close to neutral and bring it back. Second, second round when I was able to stop that and get enough little supination, I had, I had a little spike of confidence there. Okay. Um, so yeah, yeah. Things after that, it, it was, I, I won the next three. Um, um, but it, Ron, 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 you know, to, to be fair, Ron was uh, five weeks after coming back from Turkey uh, where he pulled uh, Zurab, uh, who's a, a world champion from Georgia as well. Mm. And he had an absolute screamer. I don't know if you saw that match, but it was the oh, best yeah. match of that card over there in East versus West. And it was just like a death war, super long and like grueling. So I can only imagine that his preparation for me was hindered in some sense. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, a props to him. He's 60 years old and he's still doing it. He's still doing it. And he's still a force to be reckoned with. He's a stud, unbelievable stud. Like his physical condition is, is unreal. And that's the beauty of the sport. I mean, you can have guys like so many of the American, uh, elites, John Brzezink, Todd Hutchings, you know, and then even if you go down the line as far as far as Mike, Michael Todd and Devin Larratt, all these guys are in their late 40s or older. Yeah. I mean, Todd and John are in their late 50s, Ron 60, and we're still seeing them going overseas and beating or competing with uh, current world champions. Yeah, it's amazing. They are true, true athletes, man. They, you know, when people say uh, old man strength. Yeah, and that's no, it's what, real. Yeah, it really it's is. real. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. We, we, we talked about it in practice the other day. And um, one of my, you know, Dave Morocco is like kind of kind of my 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 mentor in the sport, older gentleman, also in his late 50s. And he talks about like mature muscle fibers yeah. and mature can mature connections. Like he said, Ron, you know, he always talks about Ron. Ron's the, 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 the common denominator because Ron has never been inactive where John has taken time off. And where Todd Hutchings kind of started in his late 30s, Ron started in his 20s. Ron's got 40 years of arm wrestling. Wow. He's got 40 years of connectivity with really no breaks. So we, it, Dave always talks about those mature connections. Mm-hmm. Like when you have just been doing it and all that connected tissue has been engaged for 40 straight years. Wow. Um, that's you're, that's you're amazing. Develop a different level of, you know, and, and it, it's, it's nothing like any other sport because you know, with, with these more, I don't know, I didn't know how to, to quantify it, but like football, basketball, the mainstream sports, they're a little bit more traumatic on the body as a whole. Yes. 100%, yeah. Arm wrestling is so specialized. You can have elbow pain, you can have shoulder pain. There's only a certain amount of injuries. And if you can keep yourself healthy, I think that there is a true level of, you can, you can get stronger connected connectivity wise, mm-hmm. and you're also always going to progress technique wise. Mm, okay. Yeah. I don't know if you know, but um, uh, there's some, there's similar things happen in powerlifting and uh, Bill Gillespie is a powerlifter and he had the, he had, he just got, it was just broken by a younger man named Jimmy Cobb, but 
Bill Gillespie broke the bench press world record at 62 years old and he benched 1129. He's Unreal. 62. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. So yeah, it is real. And and he actually said the same thing you did. He's been doing it for 50 years and you know, he he basically um has his technique down pat. Yeah. All yeah. your all your connections there. I mean, what what is it, it, and especially any strength driven sport where you're moving in a certain plane. Once you get that muscle memory in place, and then you create that connectivity where it's just second nature. Um, how much strength gain do you need for you to really improve? Mm-hmm. Probably less than you did early on when you didn't master the form and all the technique. Right, 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 right. Now compare what it was like uh, versus Ron Bath versus uh, John Brzezink. What was the difference? Uh, again, Ron, Ron, Ron was more offensive. So on the go, Ron was initiating. Um, so I chose to be more reactive against Ron to get where I needed to get. Whereas John was setting up static and really allowing me to initiate my position. Um, but in doing so, John pulling in a defensive perspective, working that rotation through his wrist, him being able to bring his shoulder back when I'm trying to go in, allowed him to control center and he felt just so strong statically here. And then that rotational defense was just way too much. Whereas Ron was more offensive. He's rotating also, but he's doing it while dropping his body. Um, Mm. So it was a way different feel. I don't know what the strength the power difference was. was. I don't know if there was any at all. Mm -hmm. Um, Really. It was just, um, John taking the defensive approach and Ryan taking the offensive approach. And then John having that one or two components that were just better. I see. I see. Okay. I and mean, John, just he's a beautiful, he, he arm wrestles beautifully. Mm. You know, he just takes you out of your lane. He, he just neutralizes so much. There's so little access to where you want to be. Yeah. And what, what do you think, what do you think was his uh, drawback when he won against Devin then? I think Devin's just too strong. He's just too big. Devin's too, too big. Yeah. The version of Devin that we're seeing right now, we've seen John and Devin go back and forth multiple times. Mm-hmm. We've also seen an outing with Devin and John where it was very similar. And I don't know the year because I'm, I, you know, I, that's prior to my time. Yeah. But there was a very, very dominant performance that Devin had against John that, that John even said in the podcast was, you know, he was asked the question of like, what was your most regrettable or embarrassing moment? in arm wrestling. And he pointed to that Devin outing. I think he got six owed in that one. Um, so, but we've also seen John come back and beat Devin. Um, so I, I really think it's more about John being on his comeback tour and Devin being possibly at his peak in his prime. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought Devin absolutely controlled the setup. Like he just controlled and bullied the setup. Yeah. Like it, it, it was tough to watch. It was it, like it, neutralized. It, 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 it was, um, you know, uh, I don't mind shit talking. We talked about this in the first time when I interviewed you. I don't mind shit talking, but when you shit talk a legend when he's down, yeah. that kind of got to me. You know what I mean? Like the last match when he's just about, when John's just about done and he continued to shit talk. I mean, afterwards, I know they hug, but to me, there's no reason for it, especially when you're talking to a legend across from you you know what i mean right. you know, i i am 100 percent with you i'm 100 yeah. percent with you i mean everybody has their own approach Devin's like a master at these mind games like yeah he's absolutely he, he travis bajan was like the first to do it Devin's taking it to a whole nother level um me personally um i you know me having the opportunity to pull john if i would have beat john i would have 
bowed to John the same way as losing to him. But that's just yeah. me. And I also haven't been around or at that competitive level as long as some of these other guys. When right. you're top of the food chain and you're two lions, I guess different different approaches are yeah coming. yeah 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 but, you know it's like uh you're more like uh speak softly and carry a big stick right that's the idea and yeah, i mean everybody yeah. can take their own approach right um we talked about like the, the mental games and things right. of that nature um i arm wrestle better when i have a little bit of internal anger um mm. but but i also arm wrestle well when i have a clear head um, so there's like a thin balance and I'm not the type of person that's going to go and manufacture anything mm. to motivate myself. I'd rather just treat it like a gentleman's sport and, 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 and try and be a gentleman. Every once in a while that competitiveness comes out and you flare up a little bit, but yeah, it, as long course. as it's controlled. It's natural. Right. And, and, you know, and having fun with it and, you know, just shooting yeah. shit and, you know, fucking around. That's one thing, you know, that's, that's completely different. Well, there's another thing about Devin where Devin's a showman too, and he understands the idea of promoting sport. So he's willing to be the heel. He's willing to be, you know, the, the hero uh, in whatever role. And he's a relentless promoter. And that's why he is the face of arm wrestling because he is the one doing all that work. So there has to be something to be said for that as well, too. You know, he's putting himself out there and he's, he's taking different roles on, you know, mm -hmm. depending on his opponent number one, to give himself the best opportunity to win, but number two, to also promote the sport. So, I mean, he is the guy. He has yeah. the most He has the most reach of any arm wrestler. I would venture to say that he has more reach than all the other arm wrestlers combined. That's amazing. Yeah. And from what I understand in, in, you know, in his defense, everybody I ever spoke to that ever had a relationship with him outside of arm wrestling, sure. you know, like praises him that he's a great guy and he's amazing. I interviewed Matt Mask. And when he beat him, I don't know if you watched the interview, he said that uh, Matt was Matt was pissed. Yeah. Right? And he said, don't fucking touch me. And yeah. he said that Devin, when they got back home, you know, they, he kept calling him and he and uh, he, he decided that he wasn't going to call him back for a little bit and let him suffer. Yeah. You know, yeah. and then, then he called him back and said, oh, I'm fine. Don't worry about it. Because he was like, are you really yeah. mad at me? And he's like, no, 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 no. So well, I, I mean, that's a, Devin. Devin calls this. And, and I've disagreed with this in the past. Devin, you know, says this is a combat sport and that's how he views it. So like he takes the mental combat aspect. He, he sees the table fight as a fight, you know, and that's a perspective he chooses to take, which if you're, if you're going to embody that, then, then it makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, personally, I, I, I still am not convinced that it's truly a combat sport. I still see it as a gentleman's sport. I don't know. Well, I'm it, not getting it, punched it, in the face. I'm not getting a concussion. I don't see it as combat, but I do understand it from a martial arts aspect. But you, you know, you were in a combat sport for a long time and you still are. You're just coaching it and you understand the difference, you know? Sure. Yeah. There's a huge difference. I mean, don't, don't, you know, don't get me wrong. I'm sure that, you know, you know, I can't, I would, if I, you know, if I was a prize fighter, I wouldn't be able to sit and hang out and drink a beer with somebody right before we arm wrestle. You could do that in arm wrestling. Right. <laughs> but it, it's funny too, man. It's for, for real, really it's, it, you know, and we talk about it in football. Like you, you told, you see all these teams, they do seven on seven and everything and they're out They you know, they get sharp and they beat everybody in seven on seven and Friday night rolls around or Saturday, Sunday, whatever they get, they get smacked in the mouth because mm. seven on seven, there's no threat of violence. You know what I mean? Mm, so I like it. when that, that alpha dude is out there and you know, somebody runs their mouth next play, you got to line up against this guy, you know, and there's a threat of violence there. Mm -hmm. uh, arm wrestling is there to me, there's no threat of violence. So it's it's really how much you you buy into all the, the extra stuff. Right, so, I mean, right. to me, that's the separating factor. There's mm -hmm. no violence that can really happen aside from maybe it happen aside from maybe an injury. 
a broken arm or a torn bicep, which your opponent can't really control anyway. That's largely on yourself where you mm -hmm. choose to be. To me, there's no real violence. All right. But so I'm going to, yeah, no, I, I agree completely. I'm going to ask you two more questions and I'm, I'm going to let you go. How do you think Devin's going to do against um, Levant? I'm rooting for him. Yeah. I think yeah. that Devin's doing everything in his power to be the, the, the biggest, strongest version of himself. Um, I think that, you know, if we see, if we see Levon win that, we know that, you know, beyond a shadow of a doubt now, you know, adding American arm wrestlers into his list of wins, that he is simply the strongest, not just the strongest, but also the best because yeah. he is versatile as well. Um, but I think that Devin is, is on a, a mission right now uh, to prove the world wrong. So I'm rooting for him, man. How can you not root for the North American? Yeah, exactly. I, like yeah. I think he's a great dude, but when you got a guy that, you know, you, you, you got a, a lanky Canadian against a 430 some odd pound, like gorilla. That's what it looks like. Unbelievably. Like you, you, how can you not root for the David Goliath? Yeah. Right. I, I, I couldn't agree more. So now, um, Tell me about how you got this uh, match in Turkey set up. Oh, yeah. So East versus West, Angan Terzi reached out to me on a couple of his prior event events. Um, and we were mid-COVID times and everything, questions about travel, my schedule and stuff. So he had uh, originally um, offered me matches, I guess, twice. And I, I couldn't make the dates. Um, and uh, <clears throat> so after... Uh, well, I guess I actually booked that match before the Ron Bath match. But, um, yeah, he, he he offered me David Samushia, who's, uh, I think, a 2019 WAF world champion at 87 kilos. Um, prior to the – it's interesting because prior to the Ron Bath match, I was communicating back and forth with Ang, and I asked for what's a weight cap. So I've been floating higher in weight than I would like to uh, because my opponents have been bigger in Ron and, and John. Mm -hmm. So um, – it, I was looking for an opportunity to cut some weight for the summer. So I, he said, <laughs> he said 95 kilos, uh, which is 209. I'm like, sweet. So I get to pull this 87 kilo guy. I'm like thinking, all right, maybe he's going to say 90 and I got to go 198. Then my wife's going to be mad because I'm going to be mean because I'm cutting too much weight. But he says 95. And I'm like, this is awesome. I said, well, what's the beat going to come in? He said, well, he's probably going to come in above 90. So he's big. Also, he just won his title at 87, I believe. Okay. So um, then, they, then a week later, Angan texted me back. He said, I think um, after talking to the Georgian team, we're going to raise the weight cap for you to 100 kilos. And I'm like, wait, what? Like, I was wanting to be 209. Wait, what are you trying to say? Am I going to get smashed? Yeah. And that was the uh, implication. <laughs> was I needed to be I needed to be 100 kilograms to compete with this 90 kilo guy. So I said, I'm not going to lift. I'm not going to look a gift horse in the mouth. I'll just take it. I'll be 220, whatever. I'll walk in. Maybe I'll be a little lighter. Who knows? Wherever well, I feel good. Well, how tall are you, Paul? And then I'm 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 just a hair under six foot. OK, so you're, you're a relatively tall dude. OK. Yeah. I mean, my body wants to be 215. Uh, if I, gotcha. I push it to 225, I start getting like soft. You know what I yeah, mean? I, I, don't, yeah. I, I like the summertime. I want to stay around 215. I hear you, bro. I hear you. Anyway, okay. so after the after the, the Ron Bath match, uh, I get on the fix and with, with Angan, and Angan goes, I don't know if we should have left it at 95 if you're beating Ron. <laughs> so the interesting <laughs> part was that the match that hit uh, David's uh, training partner, Zurab, is who Ron had the, the death war with. And Zurab edged it out 3-2, I believe, or 4-2, mm. whatever the final was. 
And uh, after beating Ron, it gave me a little bit of boost of confidence, a little bit of credence. Um, the good, the good news with with this match is this guy's also an inside arm wrestler. Mm. Um, I can go outside too, but I think my strength is inside. So I most likely will have the opportunity to to test myself at a, a world level elite from Eastern Europe, where I feel most comfortable. So that to me is why it's a very motivating match for me. Um, I've been blessed to have the John and Ron match, but again, we're talking about guys who are in their fifties and sixties. Right. So right. there's, there's a level of question as far as legitimacy goes. And I have yet to pull overseas. I've pulled overseas competition at the Arnold's. I practice with a lot of Georgians and you know right. Russians, but I, but I have not gone overseas to do it. So I'm really looking forward to it. My wife's Lebanese. So she's actually excited about going. We'll go to Turkey and then go to Lebanon. Yeah, that's and, great, man. Yeah, a little family, family vacation. That's nice, man. That's really nice. Now, when is this? This is May 21st. And do we know how uh, how to watch it? Is it going to be live streamed? It'll be it'll be it'll be streamed on Core Sports, I believe. It's the Core same Sports. thing. The King of the Table and okay. the the last East versus West was on there. It's a, it's a cheap pay per view, and they're getting better with it too. And the card is loaded. I, I mean, I, I'd have to have it in front of me to to name all the names, but I mean, John's going to be there. Uh, Michael Todd's got a match. Marcio Barboza. It's basically most of the card is the United States versus Georgia. No, plus some other really good Eastern Europeans. Yeah, there's a king of the table this weekend, right? Yes, that's that's uh, that's Larry's Larry's whole thing. We're going to see uh, Alex Kurdecha versus uh, Dave Chafee. Uh, we're going to see Larry versus uh, Khaled. Um, we're going to see Sarah Sarah Bachman versus Gabby. Yeah, which yeah. is mega, and that is like I'm so interested to see that one. Me so, too. <laughs> yeah, stuff. and then yeah. we got Wagner Bordelato versus Ermi's Gasparini left arm. Wow. That's okay. Cool. Very cool, man. Listen, Paul, again, once again, thanks a lot, bro. I really appreciate you coming on and uh, best of luck to you. Well, I'll talk to you before, you know, before May, definitely. And- yeah. Let me give you a quick plug here before we hang this up. Uh, guys, yeah, from the ahead. arm wrestling, from the arm wrestling community, if you're seeing this on a share um, and you are not subscribed to John's channel, Serious and Silliness. Uh-huh. You need to do so ASAP because we are talking about a platform that is not geared directly towards arm wrestling, but rather a a bunch of other cool stuff, bodybuilding, powerlifting being the primary niche and a lot of other guy related stuff. Uh, He's found our sport and he has really, really gone out of his way to not just get involved in our sport and promote it, but he's also doing uh, a great job with promoting a a, a women's arm wrestling as well, which I think is extremely commendable. So if you're watching this podcast and you watched it to the end, please hit like and subscribe. We got to support the people who are supporting us from the outside. Thank you very much, man. I really appreciate that, man. It means a lot to me. Seriously. Uh, It it means the world to me. me that podcasts like you and the time that you're spending um, to get involved in our niche sport, that you're taking the time to do that because, and the reality is is people like these podcasts are not, this is work for them. They have to schedule it. They have to record it. They have to edit it. They have to make (laughs) thumbnails. This is work. And anytime somebody's doing work for the arm wrestling community, we need to pay it forward. Thank you, brother. Thank you so much. We'll be in touch. Best of luck to you. And I'm definitely going to talk to my wife about buying one of those machines (laughs) and hopefully we'll make some money together. All right, buddy. All right, Paul, thank you very much.